Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 53 of It's All Fine and Dangy. You sounded like Mickey Mouse when you started. I sound so perky. <laughs> I feel like I haven't been on a podcast in forever. Really? And I only missed the one you missed last week. Just the end of that one, actually, I too. I know. Yeah. It wasn't feeling great. I know. It was weird. It was kind of weird doing that was without you. Was it weird you. doing it without me? It was a little weird, yeah. I felt like I was, uh, I don't know, reading copy or Casey Kasem. Or- it was weird not being on it. Yeah. And at the end, I don't know if you heard it, but I said, instead of saying, um, at the end of the day, it's all fine and dangy, I said, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> did not. No, I did not. <laughs> well, hopefully everybody missed me. I'm sure they did. I mean, who wouldn't miss this voice? Hello, people. You were doing a Mickey Mouse voice at the beginning. I sound all chipper this time, I am sure. You're not even on meds today. No, so I've only taken a few meds since I kind of weaned off on day four. I yeah. think I weaned off on day four. I don't like the way they make me feel. I know. That's good. You'll never I be really one of those don't. people. I will not be one of those people that get addicted. That so, is for sure. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome to the It's All Fine and Angie podcast. We do this every Thursday. We have Thursday. a guest on the show at the middle of the show uh, every Thursday as well. And what we're talking about with all these meds is... Angie recently had surgery and I did. they gave her no less than six prescriptions that I had to keep this chart up together because it was like <laughs> twice a day for this one, every two oh, hours, yeah. every four, every six. I wouldn't have been able to keep track of it. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm glad I had Dr. Dan here to help me or Nurse Dan, whatever we want to call you. Well, you, I notice you're limping around without your crutches now. I am. So today I started putting a little, little weight. It says to only toe touch, but... I think you got to listen to your body right. and it feels good to actually kind of, you know, I'm being very easy with it. I'm still not putting all my weight on it, right. but my leg has felt almost numb from just having it up so much. And literally people I'm sitting on my butt or laying down all day. Like it's driving me crazy. <laughs> I get that. I get, I, you, you're good. So it at feels listening. good. You're good at listening to your body. Let's talk about that because I wasn't listening to my body for eight months. And I, I do believe that if, I would have went to the doctor when I started feeling something different in my hips, right? right? When I started feeling that popping and grinding. If I would have went then, I do believe I could have avoided the surgery. I think I still would have had surgery to get the bone shaved down, but I don't think I would have had to have this repair that I had that's so lengthy. So I'm hoping when they check the left hip, maybe we've kind of are getting in there early and I won't have the same kind of such a, of an extreme surgery that lays me up for so long. Yeah, I hope you don't have to get the second one done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to avoid um, a more extreme surgery with that second one, definitely. But what have I been doing while I've been sitting around? You think I'd be productive, but my mind was kind of hazy for like the first week. I'm starting to kind of come back to it and clear up a little bit and able to concentrate and focus a little bit because when you have all those meds in your system. Oh, you're all flaked you know, out. Yeah. yeah. So I've been watching a lot of um, Netflix <laughs> and I've been watching lots of documentaries. So I rewatched a couple that I had already watched before previously. Right. One was The Magic Pill, which is all oh, about yeah, like, all the prescriptions sure. and changing up your diet. And then another one is Cowspiracy. And it's all about like the amount of meat that we eat. 
in the world and how it's not sustainable and how people are not raising animals the right way. And that will tie right in to our interview interview this week. So I, I, it was very interesting to watch that one again. That's perfect. And then of course I've got Dan sucked into some of the crazy shows that I watch, like um, skin wars where they do like the airbrushing. I always (laughs) liked skin wars, but what's the one that you've been watching with like all of the drag queens? RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, That yes. one is fun. I love that one. That is a crazy show. And then I watched those other ones because, guys, I've been in bed a lot, right? Um, so, Wedding on a Budget and then uh, Wedding Diva or Diva Brides I was watching. Just crazy stuff. I'll tell you. Entertains me. And then there's that other one. It's called Who the Bleep? And it's about... Like a neighbor that you thought was so good and then come to find out they're like a serial killer or something. Oh my it God, is what re- is it with And people? it's like the stories that people tell about, oh yeah, we used to go to their house all the time and yeah, there was some odd behavior, but we just chalked it up to that they were just, you know, That's artsy like or something. Forensic files and watch before you go to bed. That's crazy. Yeah, so well, so that's I, what I've been doing and I reading. And- well, I haven't had as much time as you, but I think what... It was on everybody's mind this week, and what we are flooded with in social media yeah, is course. the whole uh, COVID-19 virus, the coronavirus. Um, you're probably working at home this week, and I know this is an unprecedented thing. We've never seen anything like this before. I don't ever remember being like this, where they're closing restaurants and closing stores and cl- you know work from home and everything. But I, you know, I guess I wanted to mention that you know with working at home and for me i have been every bit as busy now back to work this week as i ever am so it's not like well you work just as much from home if you're in the office you yeah. probably work more i do work a little more if i work from home you know why because i start earlier because you're not getting ready yep. and then i don't normally stop until you say dinner's ready which is yeah. 6 or 7 or yeah i have to remind you you're at home <laughs> yeah yeah but i guess you know what i wanted to mention i guess on the upside if there is an upside here is now that a lot of people are at home, they're spending a little more time with their family. And hopefully yeah. hopefully you're practicing that social distancing thing if you can, just to sort of slow down the spread of this or to help help us gain some control of it. To do our part, right? Right. And all these things are canceled and things are moved. And I know, you know, the art festival that I've been talking about for my book uh, signing thing, that's been moved now. That's the Apopka Art and Foliage Festival. And that's been moved out now to the 25th and 26th of April, possibly, possibly later, depending on what happens, but that's the current date for that. Mm -hmm. But along with all these things like the moving and stuff, and and just as a side note, I am really pumped for that one because I got a tent and the banners. I know we got the whole rigmarole there. I was out really cool. I was out in the front yard last night setting it up by myself, all by yourself. For what reason, I don't know. My neighbor's probably like, What is he doing? But (laughs) I set it up and then put it all away just to make sure it works. But anyway. You know, it's it's getting to the point now to where we're all kind of stuck at home. I see a lot of people posting about what to do. You know, you got time on your hands. As you mentioned, Angie, you're reading. That's mm-hmm. our little mini reading club. We're reading uh, the, the Tommy Knockers. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit into this and that about, you know, other things that, that we've been doing and maybe things that people can do. We started talking earlier today about... You know, it used to be things like board games you would do with your family yeah. or movie night. And I guess there will be a lot more of that right now, which is kind of yeah, cool, you yeah. know? I mean, I think anything that, you know, brings the family together a little more is a, is a great thing, you I, know? I do too. I, I mean, it sucks that it's something so, like, tragic and serious, but I think we've gotten really far away from that. Yeah. Um, Just because, you know, 
the American standard lifestyle is busy, busy, busy. Go, yeah. go, go. Work, work, work. Sure. Do extracurricular activities on top of school, on top of this to get more. Yeah. And we've well, gotten away from a lot of those family kind of traditional values of like eating dinner together or having some type of night that you spend doing something special together. I really, you know, I think that's important for families to have that. Yeah, I do too. I But I think... A lot of it is maybe that, but some of it is also the, you know, when you're not working and it's the weekend, you want to go somewhere. You want to go do stuff. You don't want to sit around the house. And Yeah, but you can still do that and still um, keep away from people. Sure, you can do some of that and keep away from people. Yeah. But, I mean, now they're saying groups no larger than 10 at the beach. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, but- it's starting to get to where we, even the stuff you do outside – you know, you still got to, if you were to go kayaking, you have to interact with a handful of people to get to the place you put your kayak in. Sure. But I will say my sister, um, she FaceTimed me from the beach today. She went down to see our half sister, sure. Jo Lynn. And at the beach, people are following that rule. She showed me a picture around the beach and everybody is spread out in yeah. small groups. So well, it's good, good to see that people are actually practicing the suggestions of the CDC and, and the president and, yeah. you know, all these organizations, the World Health Organization that have brought out that we need to do the social distancing. And look, I don't like it because I like socializing. Of course. So, <laughs> so do I. Of course. But, you know, we are doing our best to be careful and be cautious and and without panicking or, you know, what are you going to do? Panic helps nobody. Right. It really helps nobody. Well, one thing that, you know, I do start PT this week, so that is something I'm going to have to go out and do, right? Of course. And then um, another thing is our chiropractor, we've been going to do that. Yep. I just want, because I wanted to bring out this little thing that Dr. C and B sent home with you the other day. And about the Spanish flu? Yeah. So this was a really cool article about how um, when the Spanish influenza was um, going around, you know, there was like over 500,000 people that died just in the U.S. Right. And like 20 million worldwide. And this brought out how chiropractors actually stepped in to help with the adjustments of people that were sick. And it actually helped to build their immune system because keeping your body adjusted with a chiropractor actually causes the body to perform better, to um, to heal and just to function better all, all around. So boost the immune system. And what's really cool is this statistic that showed in the state of Iowa, chiropractors only lost six out of 4,735 patients. Wow. Where the medical counterpart had an average of a loss of one out of 15 people. So their loss was like one, chiropractors only lost one out of 789 patients that they treated with chiropractic care. And the actual, you know, uh, traditional medicine, they were losing one out of 15 people. So they really stepped in and saved kind of, you know, saved the day back in the, in those times whenever people were um, dealing with this. So I thought that was interesting. So it's been very important to me that this week I started um, getting back into the chiropractor and keeping everything adjusted so I heal well, keep my immune system up because I am going to have to go do things like PT to stay on track of as far as getting myself uh, back in Adam. Yeah. Yeah, no oh, I thought that was a cool article you yeah, brought Yeah, so did on. I. That was really interesting. Um, also, speaking to the chiropractor, 
I they helped me out a little bit with the way they cracked the top of my neck for my sinuses. Yeah, a little different than they normally do. Yeah, it was kind of cool where they laid me on my back and, and the chiropractor we go to, a revival chiropractic, they don't do all the snapping and crunching and all that stuff. They get you in and out, but they use a uh, the torque release technique and it's mm-hmm. very controlled and we have seen results. We've looked at x-rays at the beginning of the year, end of the year. It's 100% science. I'm 100% sold. So um, anyway, they did a thing. I told them about my sinuses. But unbeknownst to me, after I had the MRI of my sinuses, I recently just got a call to let me know this much later because my doctor was uh, out of town that I have a severe sinus infection. So now I am taking heavy-duty antibiotics, which means I have a reduced immune system, which means I need to stay away from people, especially right now with the virus. But uh, anyway, speaking of that, you know, people are starting to do this weird thing online where they're debating the facts about the virus. And we, of course, here at the podcast have no interest in getting into any of that in the same way that we won't get into politics or religion on the show. Mm -hmm. But I did want to say this, and I think this is hopefully something we can all agree on. Elderly people... And those people with those pre-existing medical conditions, those are the people that are really at risk here. Yeah. So regardless of, you know, what you think about younger, healthier people and how this may or may not affect them in your belief, the elderly people are, it's really a risk for them to catch the virus. They have a greater possibility of getting deathly ill or possibly even dying from getting the virus. And we've read some stories online and about, um, you know, older people like waiting in the parking lot at grocery stores and asking people if they'll go in and get groceries for them. If you're healthy and you're cautious. Yeah, cautious. If you know older people or people with existing medical conditions that might put them more at risk, if you could go to your neighbor or your grandparents or a relative or a friend or a coworker that you know is older and go buy their groceries for them. You don't have to pay for it. You can get the money from them. I think that is a really good deed we could all do right now. Absolutely. Or people that are compromised, like you said. Right, people that are compromised. immune system. And you have to imagine, we're all going to get older. And I know it's not just the elderly, but this is how I think about it. Our immune system weakens as we get older. Sure. But but I mean, there are people younger than us that can't do it because they have a weakened immune system. But the way I think about it is, you know, I'm going to get older one day and I'm going to need help one day. And the idea of not being able to find any help or no one being there to help me. It's scary. It's very scary. So I, I hope that this made you think, and I hope that maybe you'll get out there and ask that person, you know, that's older if they need some help or if you can go buy their groceries for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a great thing to do. And I wanted to just um, say thank you to everybody that's wished me um, well wishes and uh, sent all their positive energy my way as far as healing up and it's working. Yes, it is. I can walk on my leg now I know. (laughs) I love that. So thank you to everybody for that. It is very much appreciated. Awesome. Well, we're glad to see you up and moving around again, although I really want you to be careful. and uh, I'm being careful. Follow the rules. You start uh, physical therapy tomorrow. Yeah. But as we're stuck at home, I think we're going to be doing some Facebook Live broadcasts here within the next couple of weeks. And we've been thinking about what are we going to do them about? I think one of the things that we may tackle is, hey, what are you going to do when you're stuck around the house? Are you watching the TV shows? Are you going to watch movies? And um, 
you know, that's that maybe we can all share with each other which shows to watch or what movies to watch. Oh, yeah, or- definitely email us at feedback at com if you have some interesting ideas that maybe nobody else has heard of before. Absolutely. I'd love that. And I read today a little bit of good news in the sea of what seems like bad news right now. Universal is the first movie production company that has decided they're going to start releasing new movies available for purchase at the same time on the same day. It's like 20 bucks a movie, which if you think about it, is quite a savings that's if you've way got a cheaper family. Than going. I mean, even if it's a couple, that's already cheaper, right? Oh, it costs us over fifty dollars when we go to the movies. Yeah, I know. So because tickets are like twelve bucks now. It's like twenty four bucks for a couple to go. And then of course you're gonna even if you share a popcorn, it's over twenty dollars. Right. Like a popcorn drink and it's you're at fifty bucks exactly. to go to the movies. Right. So Crazy. I'm excited about uh you know about be maybe maybe being able to see some new movies while we're stuck yeah. at home. That would be cool. I really want to see A Quiet Place too, oh by the way. Oh my gosh, I heard it's amazing. So I'm looking forward to that too. I wanted to give a shout out to Fox Valley Farm and Hop Yard because they have just set up their farm stand. So they have like, like you know, one of those sheds that you make into like a she shed or a he oh, yeah. shed. They have a shed on the property at Fox Valley Farm now and they're starting to sell their eggs in the... Um, like a storefront. It's like a storefront. Oh, that's very so cool. So that is local guys. And those are pasture chickens that are roaming around. Yeah. So you can get the eggs from them. They don't sell the chickens. But we're going to be talking about pasture chickens with our next two guests that are going to be on the show in just a few minutes if you stick around. That's right. And just to tack on to that, right now with the virus, it is more important than ever to support local. Um, The news just broke today that they are only allowing restaurants to be at 50% capacity. Um, Various other restrictions, bars, nightclubs are closing. So if you know of a local Locally owned business. Um, now's the time to really support them. I just drove down to Tornatori's Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant, uh, this afternoon, late this afternoon. Picked up some of their frozen meals, mm-hmm. picked up dinner. But we're going to be doing that with a lot of the local businesses that we know around here. And we want to encourage you guys to do the same because they are going to really struggle. Yeah. Uh, if you consider this may go on for several months, the big companies are going to be just fine. Little companies like that. Um, could really use could our put, business. It could put them out of business. It so really, it we really want to could. support local, definitely. Yep. And so on that note, we want to remind you of some of our uh, our most recent favorites. Again, the Coffee Shop of Horrors. Get out there, buy some coffee to go. They got every kind of coffee you can think of. They've got it packaged up and ready to go. Drop by Hutchinson Farm Winery, pick up some wine. Some wine during this time, people. That's right. <laughs> Um, go buy Revival Chiropractic. Get your spine aligned and uh, help build your immune system. So, oh my God, you, that sounded so great, by the way. What? What you just said. Go buy Revival Chiropractic and get your spine aligned. Oh, nice. It just sounded really good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, build your help build your immune system without meds that way. Yeah. So, in any other local businesses you know of, Toxicity Farm and Hop Yard. Yep, that's mm-hmm. another one. I, um, there's too many to mention here. Another one is the Pasture Brothers. Yes. And that's who's coming up in our community call out interview. So, Hang on, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to our 53rd Community Callout. 
As everybody probably already knows, we love to help support and bring more attention to those in our community who are making a positive impact in or on our world. Indeed. Uh, today, we have two guests who are doing that very thing. We are sitting with Evan Kigan and Norm Morton. Did I get it right? I got yeah, it right. Yeah, you got it right. All right. Of Pasture Brothers here in Lake County. And we're excited to learn how they are making these very changes in their community and on our earth. Thank you guys so much for having out having us out to the new farm. Yes, this is so cool. We're sitting here now out in this sort of remote space out on like a, an old concrete slab and the wind is blowing and it's... Uh, and it's nice out. It's really nice. It's, it's very remote. Day. Great yeah. day. Yeah, you guys are pretty much our first guests out here. So yeah. we're super happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for coming and out. And you awesome. are our first podcast we recorded outside in the refreshing mm. air. So I'm loving that. So yes. we're the first. Florida sunshine. So yeah. first... First things first, I know we can find all this out on the website, but people just love to hear stories. But we'd love to hear a little bit about each of you, individual, and then maybe how you met. Sure. Um, well, I grew up pretty much in, in Orlando. Um, and uh, In the city? In right? Altamont Springs. Okay. Yes, I went to oh, nice. Lake Brantley High School. Oh, yes. And then uh, gradu- graduated, went to University of Florida. And up until pretty recently, I was actually working in tech. I was uh, working for a, a big tech company, and um, that's relatable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you know that kind of led to conversations with Norm. We were in pretty similar places and in our careers where mm-hmm. we were kind of reassessing what we really wanted to do, and uh, you know, the, we ended up getting into into this whole yeah. So I started a chicken farm there, about it. So. Yeah. And um, what did you do before, Norm? So, uh, just like Evan, I mean, uh, grew up in the same thing. We actually lived uh, three or four houses down, houses down from each other. Um, and uh, went to, like, Brantley High School, went to UF. Um, wow, this is so my kids go there. Our, yeah. My son just mm-hmm. graduated from Brantley, and my daughter's there now. Yeah, it's nice. a small world. Small it world. is. It's a small world. But, um, yeah, I studied uh, sustainability and architecture uh, at UF. Um Ended up becoming a welder and a fabricator, but that was kind of my intro to regenerative agriculture, those kind of things. Um, and I wasn't really, you know, super excited about my role in sustainability with like the built environment. So Mm, I was kind of looking for something else and something I kind of personally believe is like sustainability and what that means, right? That's like a huge blanket statement. But I think generally the biggest things people can do to improve stuff is things in your personal life. So for me, food was you know, something I had a lot of questions about, but had basically no experience with. So, um, got into besides like mom and dad making it for you or kind of right. living or, on your own and trying to get through that process of what do I, how do I cook this? What do I get myself in the house? Yeah. But or you even also just mean like buying you, terrible food. I was going to say, buying, yeah, <laughs> that's um, what I was thinking. Like it, you, we don't think about what we buy. And even when we do, I think there's some trickery going on in the industry a little bit. Sure. So. Sure. I mean, there's a ton of it. And, uh, that was one of the things is like, uh, I just wanted to get more in connection with, um, you know, a very human thing, you know, the food that we grow and we eat. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't a, any of it around. So, you know, I think we were sitting around. We might have had a few cold beverages. And we're like, hey, you know, <laughs> it'd be kind of cool to grow some chicken and see what happens. Um, yeah. And that's how we started. We we're like, let's grow some for ourselves. And then it we it got was a bunch literally of just that simple of a conversation, huh? Absolutely. Because, uh, cool. yeah, totally. I mean, for us, like we've known each other for so long. Um you know, it's, it's a, he's a great person to do this kind of thing with. It's, yeah. And how long have yeah. you guys known each other? Um, so I'm 32. We've known each other since fifth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, so 10, we were 10 then. 
Yeah. You're a lifelong so, friends. 22 years. This 22 is awesome. Years. Yeah. Right. How wow. cool is that? Yeah. So you're getting into it a little bit, but your farm is kind of in its infancy. It started in 2018, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us more of the story kind of behind when and why you decided to do this? And really more about, did you have any experience with you know, a friend or a family member that was either involved in chicken farming or sustainable food or, I mean, I, I understand you guys kind of spitballed and said, Hey, let's do this. But was there any other experience prior to that? Or was this like a brand new thing that you were just jumping in on? Yeah, it was brand new for both of us. Neither of us, um, come from a farming background whatsoever. Like I said, the tech sales and everything and, uh, and Norm with, with welding and and whatnot. No family or friends that did this kind of thing either? No, I mean, uh, my dad's side of the family, like up in Kentucky, there's uh, a lot of people that are connected to agriculture in a lot of different ways, but sure. not in a way where I spent enough time doing that or to, know to have any much. experience, you know. Yeah. Um, and no, just for yeah. those of you listening, you might hear the wind or some birds or an airplane. We are truly outside at the farm, so this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's a farm cast. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. <laughs> the so, only thing I would say is, I mean, I do some backyard gardening. You know, yeah, so okay. I grow vegetables and whatnot in my in my backyard. And I, nice. and I love doing that. But, so do we. Uh, very mm-hmm. different from chicken farming. Right. Oh, obviously. indeed. I bet it is. So, so um, what was the research no. that you put into this before starting? Because it seems like it came off the ground pretty quickly after you started chatting about it. What was the research you put into getting this started? So I guess with that, um, having the background in sustainability, um, and just I've been kind of a nerd about it for a long time. Yeah. So, okay. um, regenerative agriculture, like within that you know whole thing, is kind of what I'm most interested in. So can you tell us what regenerative agriculture is? So I'm, I guess it's it's kind of hard because everything would be you know specific to your place, but it's basically agriculture um, that. If there's an impact, it's a positive impact onto your ground. Um, you know, is it the kind of the same as sustainable? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, very similar. Um, I guess uh, it's more, maybe a better word for it is holistic management. Um, yeah. Okay. Just kind of taking the place and respecting the place. Like, you, you know, there's so much you can get out of um, your animals, you know, in terms of your grass. You know, the more animals you might be able to run in a manageable way, you know, you're going to get better grass. It's natural fertilizer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of looking at at, at it as strengthening the whole area versus, uh, you know, how many chickens can I put in you this know, cramped a, little space, or how much yeah. money can I make, and how much how many chemicals right. can I pump into this right. whole thing to right. get the most money out of it? So you're really looking at the relationship between the animal, the plants, the, the earth. full ecosystem. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, love that exactly. Yeah, Regenerating yeah. the land, you know, theoretically we're putting yeah. more organic matter into the soil making the soil more vibrant, um, you so know, creating more of a diverse kind of species within the ecosystem thanks to the the farming processes that we do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting. It's interesting to me that when you do that, when, you, when you're careful and you pay attention, and we know this just from some of the other friends that we've made, but when you're careful about how you're affecting the environment, the animals, the land, the air, the everything – it also seems to make a better product for your body. And in one hand, you should go, well, duh. But, you know, <laughs> right. we've all been raised to think differently. Uh-huh. And uh, so hearing that is so not surprising, but it's really interesting that you guys were passionate enough about it to kind of change gears on your life career and, and kind of move into this. Because a lot of us do the, oh, you know, I'd really like to do X, Y, and Z. And then you go on about your day and your uh-huh. job sure. for the next 20 sure. years. Yeah, so that is, and, that and is true. You know, that itself is... Um, a big part of it. It's kind of like uh, I was doing a job that, you know, I, I liked, but I didn't like love it. And it's like yeah. you're just getting up to kind of do something 
Um, to and make I, money to support yourself, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Kind of going through the motions kind of thing. So yeah. doing this was, was really good for that. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely helps us being a partnership too. You know, I don't think either of us necessarily would have uh, done it on our own. It oh, was really absolutely. the conversation that was the spark. Yeah. Kind of driving each other. Us knowing each other so well, trusting each other so well, understanding what each other's strengths are. Right. Um, and being able to, you know, lean on each other to be like, okay, let's go after yeah. this new thing together. Mm-hmm. And, and um, things so are always kind of done are better in, in pairs way. too. You know what I mean? I really yeah. believe that when you have a good support system or partner or, you know, whatever it may be, it's, yeah. it's, it just works out better. It seems when you have two or more people, sometimes too many, no, if there's too many people involved, sometimes it doesn't work out so great, but yeah, right, right, definitely right. having a partner is great. So tell yes. walk us back a little bit. Um, cause you're in a new farm now. Can you tell us some of your challenges and successes as far as, you know, when you start, when you were at your first location and kind of that journey up till now? Um, okay. So, I mean, just, uh, figuring out a place to do what we wanted was, you know, a challenge, like getting land. So, um, yeah, the first pasture we were on, um, we rented from a horse farm. Okay. So you rented um, it so you didn't purchase the land. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're trying to lease for a while because, uh, it's, it works out really well. And like, for instance, like this property, um, the landowner is pretty much absent. She's awesome, but she doesn't really have a plan for it right now. Okay. She's, she's got plans for it in the future, but it, uh, you know, we, we can take care of the property and do mm-hmm. what we need to. Um, but that was one of the biggest obstacles in the beginning was just like, how do we find a place where we can raise chickens? Sure. Yeah. And where um, people yeah. are going to let you lease the property for something like that, especially when you think of a chicken farm, you think, oh God, no. Right. right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you had to educate them, right? Totally. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. This um, is not going to be a conventional chicken yeah. farm. Yeah. If it smells, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. 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 And that's Shouldn't. the first question usually. Right. Um, it's going to actually regenerate, you know, be beneficial for your land. Mm-hmm. I guess it's so. it, it's advantageous for the owner, really. In those cases, it's almost beneficial, really, for them to have you on the land. Oh, absolutely. There's a ton yeah. of benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so it's not almost beneficial. It's absolutely beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, just going from like just taking care of some stuff, um, you know, and having someone keep an eye on it every day to, uh, I mean, because we're running animals, we you know we we qualify for an agricultural agricultural uh, tax exemption. So that helps the landowners out a lot on their end. Oh, especially yes. if they're not doing anything that way with too the, with the property. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's actually it's really cool because it's um kind of a way of everybody using what they can out of something. It's mm-hmm. kind of you know in a lot of ways kind of community driven kind of a deal yeah no doubt and i love that you are like if there wasn't much life in the property you're gonna bring that life back to the property mm-hmm. because of those say regenerate regenerative, regenerative. I say, there's always a word yeah. i definitely can't it's say. regenerative it's yeah. One. Yeah. yeah bleep it's that a... in with you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no exactly like those practices um are going to help this the soil here be better than if it's just sitting yeah. alone. so that's really yeah. cool. So that's like a positive benefit for the landowner as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. So Angie's a health and wellness coach, and I have learned a lot from her about eating clean and eating better. And uh, I'm from the South, and the food is delicious, but everything's covered in gravy. And right. as you guys know, <laughs> um, 
you know, but growing up eating chickens, we never thought much about it. And, you know, moving out on my own, I never really thought much about it. Then the whole organic thing came around and people talked about making sure you buy organic, but it was largely related to vegetables or fruit, but not so much meat. Right. Then the organic thing kind of leaked into the meat uh, yeah. as far as a description of it. Then came the free range thing. And, you know, we all had a lot of friends that talked about you really need to buy free range. And conceptually, it sounds like, yeah, of course you do. One thing I've learned recently, somewhat recently, in the past year or two from Angie, is what pastured meat means and what pastured chicken means. And to me, it is so painfully obvious that this is the meat you should be eating mm-hmm. uh, if you eat meat. Can you tell us a little bit about you know how you guys discovered the difference and you know what made you decide we're going to proceed and do this with pasture chickens, not organic, quote, organic chickens or free range chickens, because Angie and I go out of our way to buy pasture chickens and and it's, it's well worth it to us. But I kind of want to hear your story on how you came to know what that is and what made you kind of go this direction. For me personally, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with eating meat, but I think there is something wrong with like raising something in squalor just so it can die so we can eat it. Yeah. And that's just, it's morally like apprehensible, right? Yeah. So, um, that, that's like a, one of my large motivations for doing this. Sure. Um, and it, that's, you know, pastured, you know, we, we could go deep into labels, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think pastured is, uh, a, a good way to label something if they're doing it, you know, actually right on way. pasture. Well, um, maybe, maybe it would be easier to say it this way, you know, as a general consumer who is, knows enough to be dangerous about this, my understanding of pastured means that the chickens are raised in such a way that they're eating what they would normally eat if they were just wild chickens. You're not pumping them with corn right. or some feed that has these weird ingredients. They're eating things like bugs and seeds and whatever it is they would pluck mm-hmm. out of the dirt. Right. Is right. that what pastured means? Yeah. So, um, our birds, uh, like I think anybody running birds on pasture, um, they, you still get, they still get a feed. Uh, yeah. so about 70% of their feed is a conventional chicken feed. Okay. Um, but the remaining 30% or, you know, that varies depending on the bird, their sure. appetite. Um, since they're omnivores, yeah, they get to do chicken stuff, right? They get yeah. to scratch the ground. They get to find bugs. Um, they eat grass, they eat different weeds. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a natural realistic diet for the bird. And that translates to the meat, and that translates to the people. It, right. It's called happy meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's happy meat. When they do die, they're, they were living the way they were supposed to. Sure. Right. Yes. I liken it to, you know, we talk about this convention, the way meat is raised conventionally. And you think about it, if you were packed in a, in a room next to your peers and, you know, poked and prodded and all stressed out, you'd be full of cortisol, right? Right, right, and, right. And that makes you all tense and, you know, puts toxins in your body. And it's the same thing with animals. Sure. Exactly. They're totally. stressed exactly. out and you're go- that's going to reflect in the meat that you consume, which is going to affect your body in yeah. a negative way. Whether you like it or not, it's going to. Yeah, and I I don't want to go negative, but I think you kind of have to for a minute because conventional meat that you buy in a grocery store is filled with, I I like to say it this way, is filled with trauma. I mean, it's it's trauma meat. That's a great way to view it, Um, And I do believe there is a translation of what, you know, how that processes in your body and contributes to the health problems that we have in this country. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, that stress... I mean, it leads to more medications. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I hate to say it this way, but I think, uh, I mean, there are confinement operations where they do a really good job and everything is very clean. It's not outside, but, you know, and I'm not talking about people that do it that way because 
um, a lot of people maybe have inherited the way they farm from someone That's else. Right. Sure, mm-hmm. there, there are plenty of reasons. Um, they know, you know no other way, really. Right, and yeah. I don't want to demonize anyone for the That's way right. they, they do stuff because yeah. everything is different, right? But, and, there, um, and there's exceptions to every rule, I guess, too, right? Right, so. right. Um, but there's uh, that wind. <laughs> there's that farm wind. Run like the wind, bullseye. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to demonize any in the way anyone does anything, but sure. I think um, you know with this kind of stuff more than like looking at the label of pastured or organic or whatever. Like if if you can find local food, um, you should be able to go to the farm that you want to buy your food from, and you should be able to see everything. Yes, because if if you can't see what you're going to eat, you shouldn't be eating it. You know, if, if yeah. someone's not willing to show you what they do, just go somewhere else. Like label aside, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and agree. So. That's been a huge thing for me because it's like just getting in touch with your food. You can kind of realize, I mean, it's it's not the most complicated process in the world. No, really. And um, you just have to look right in your backyard because right? you you can't even believe how much stuff there is right down the road from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know you can sustain yourself your your health mm-hmm. with the food that's local right in your area. Now, yeah. especially here, and yeah, I was plenty of it. There's especially plenty here. of it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 long. We're in uh-huh. Central Florida, and in the area that we're in, in Lake County here, and also some areas in Orange County, you know, you have that opportunity. You can go to a farm. Um, but for our listeners that are maybe in bigger cities, um, you know, that's, I guess, why I lean on the label a little bit, because mm-hmm. I totally agree with you, Norm, that um, if you can go see it, of course, that, if, you know, what do you have to hide, I guess? Not to right. demonize anyone, but if a farm doesn't want you to see what they're doing, I would be apprehensive to eat it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, totally. But for people that have to buy you know, uh, mass produced or at least go to maybe even the market and not the grocery store per se. I, I, my understanding is that looking for pastured is at least the way to get closer to what you should be eating of the three, the organic, the free range, the pastured, I guess what I've learned is go pastured if that's an option for you. And that's, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. We yeah. definitely would agree. It hasn't hit the mainstream yet. You Not know? yet. And Not there's yet. a lot of probably reasons for that. It's a much more labor intensive yes. way of raising the animals. Right. And, uh, the thing about the chicken industry is that, you know, it's very vertically integrated. So the big chicken companies, they can own every part of the process yeah. and they can automate everything. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the chicken's, just kind of go in cycles and very quick turnaround. Sounds and, like uh, the vegetable it's, uh, it's not and fruit easy. side too for the big organizations. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, Absolutely. totally. Same type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and people, and they've been able to kind of get away with um, the labeling with the minimum standards. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think people should just really be uh, informed about what they really mean. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, free range, you can buy a free range chicken that, uh, is living inside its whole life. Right. Um, the truth about it is it's, you know, they have to have access to a, a door that, right. that theoretically lets them go outside if they want to. They are cramped inside of a big building yeah. and they might go outside. They might not. Yeah. They're definitely not outside every single day. Yeah. The likelihood of them making it to that door is very is, slim. Is pretty low. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, folks should just know that, that you yeah. know, there mm-hmm. could be people that call their chicken free range and maybe it is more like a pasture run operation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way that the labels in the US are at least set up is that it's kind of this minimum standard. Yep. Right. And you should probably assume if you're going to the grocery store and just getting something that's free range from a big operation Same. that mm-hmm. that's probably what it is. So yeah. our thing is always just informing people about what the things really mean that you see out there mm-hmm. in the grocery store aisles where most people shop. Right. And try to 
tell them, you know, the best thing you can do is know your farmer, know where your food comes from and and try to ask questions. Well, yeah. And, and to just, you know, know food a little bit more yourself. You know, I I encourage everyone to, to, to uh, educate themselves, educate themselves. Absolutely. Cause that empowers you to make the decisions, you know? And it's, Um, it's very cool to visit the places that you are getting your food from. And I think it makes you have more of a respect for the food Mm -hmm. and and not be wasteful with it and to use what you need in moderation like we're we are in america we're taught that meat is the center of the meal right Right, right. being a health coach i know we need that you need those fruits and veggies baby you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so you know you don't need half a chicken as your meal right you know and then that why are you looking at me whatever that gives you (laughs) but that gives you more respect for you know kind of enjoying it throughout the week a little bit here and there and yeah then it doesn't create that demand for it to where we are having animals packed into little small places right you know yeah Yeah, for sure having that relationship with it and that's what has always existed throughout time it's only very recently relatively speaking that we've become so disconnected from our food and that it's you know rare to see a chicken in your neighborhood i mean people had chickens and that yeah. was a very normal thing yeah so yeah you know, in it's the backyard backyard just yeah chickens roaming around getting your eggs out of oh, there we had them walking around our neighborhood even yeah uh, mm-hmm. when i was a kid uh at least the the first neighborhood i was in as a kid um we don't have chickens in our neighborhood now but we have peacocks oh yes. yeah yeah we no, have peacocks have in <laughs> south florida i, didn't I, know they yeah. were I don't think too. you can eat those though or, no. or the eggs i don't think i'd want to it's a fancy turkey <laughs> it kind of is yeah <laughs> so, and they just perch up on everybody's you know at the top of the house poop uh, all over yep but they're yep, pretty yep, yep. uh <laughs> one more thing you know before we kind of move to the next thing but uh something that you said evan about um just just uh and and you said too norm about um people should know the difference at least in educating yourself and this goes in hand with some of the stuff we've learned from local organic farms as well and again not to demon i like how you say you don't want to demonize anyone yeah. because sure. yeah, yeah. I, I have to admit i might have a tendency to do that when i get frustrated about how it feels manipulative what they're doing in the industry right um but one thing we learned about with uh, our friends over at king grove is that even organic now they're having to invent a new category called real organic and, <laughs> right and yeah. They you are, know, probably know about the real organic. Did you know project. about the real organic? Project? I don't know about it, but yeah. I mean, at a, at a point, like it's, yeah. it, the the category of organic is just so broad. Sure, and it but you know, it was so in, much. It was invented. The farmers that sort of pushed for this, their intention was pure on they wanted it to be and then industry's gotten involved and now they find every loophole so now they're building a new standard called the real organic project so now you gotta look for that stamp on right and they are making those requirements it's not out yet but they're making those requirements so tight that it will be very hard for the industry to wiggle through that and it really wouldn't surprise me if that kind of thing comes to the meat industry at some point too and I don't know what your price model is or anything like that, Evan, but you mentioned how it's a lot more labor intensive to do organic farming or uh, 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 pastured farming for chickens. And for me, one of the things Angie and I noticed is with some of the places we've been, we haven't gotten chickens from you guys yet, but we certainly will. You know, we're paying double what we would pay for a chicken that is half the size. And, And to me, 
it's well worth it because the chicken is the size a chicken is supposed to be. Right. You're not wondering yeah. what it's doing to you or your kids' bodies. And uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes it's worth paying a little more for the better product. And I think um, you, people can't think about what's the absolute cheapest way I can get my food if you really want to eat food that's good for you unless you're going to grow it or raise it yourself. Right, right. You, you um, know, that's my thinking anyway yeah and i think yep. that's uh that's uh, i totally echo that in my own you know views mm-hmm. on like buying stuff um, yeah well it's, it's just you got to think about the the true cost we're it's we're trying to right. figure out right. too how to make you know people think about that too because uh there's a lot more of a quote-unquote cost of putting unhealthy food into your body and oh, yeah. the you know the environment uh, raising healthy food from the pollution standpoint to just the the, the health um, detriment that your your body's going to have mm-hmm. later on in life. And that's so what Angie says. There's you, a lot of holistic you, costs. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can spend the money now, or you can spend it later. Right. Do you want to spend it now on better food, or later on hospital bills? That's kind of the way yeah. she's kind of talked to me about it, and I think that yeah really makes you think about it because. You know, if you're responsible in your life and even responsible of taking care of yourself and your kids, that is a that is a very legitimate point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not it's not wasting money on some fancy food. It's preventing yourself from having the health issues and then having a better life when you get older. Yeah, right. better quality. And definitely. even if you ignore the benefits to the planet, right. which of course you shouldn't. But. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's like a maintenance thing. You know, it's like uh, you change the oil in your car, or else you know sooner mm-hmm. or later like it's it's gonna fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that uh, rust will sit in, baby. Mm-hmm. Set in. Rust never sleeps, right? <laughs> um, is that a but, bee? Is that a bee? No, you're not allergic. I'm not afraid good. of them. I just don't want them to sting me and die off. Because <laughs> no, I had she, that happen. <laughs> she doesn't want to hurt them. <laughs> right. I really don't. So, what kind of challenges did you guys? I know that I read a little bit in one of your newsletters about some challenges that you had yeah. with some some birds. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of challenges and what kind of successes have you had throughout this journey? It seems like new new ones pop up every week. Um, oh, that's kind Daily, of the fun probably, of the right? adventure. But <laughs> right. farm life. That's yeah. farm life. Yeah. We meander through farming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We meander around at obstacles. <laughs> we figure it out and we keep going. But cool. I think early on the big you know, the big concern was like uh, just are we gonna be able to raise birds in the first place and we kind of figured out the first batch of birds uh you know we we had we got some to the end and are they going to taste good and they tasted great are people going to buy them well we gave the first batch away to everybody just because we thought that was kind of the right thing to do at first and just friends and family we were so small Mm -hmm. but it was like okay wow we first of all we enjoy this so there's the challenge kind of overcome there it's like do we or at least a question overcome do we actually enjoy this yes this is super fulfilling we really like what we're doing every day we really like the product we're producing yeah mm-hmm. um and we just the just building this thing that can actually be a business is pretty cool and then it was just uh figuring out how to get better so there's a lot of things that we changed after the first run of birds we started yeah. we got a you know we know we knew that they could have grown better we thought we thought they could have been healthier so we changed where we got our feed from. We should change the breed there. of bird that we use. We changed the breed oh. of bird entirely. Okay. Oh, wow. So, because um, we actually don't do a uh, the conventional uh, meat chicken. We mm-hmm. do a breed called a Freedom Ranger. Um, it's, it's actually similar, but uh, just fits what we do a little bit better just because of the heat down here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
It's a little bit slower growing, but you know, we like them. Yeah, how long does a too. bird take to grow usually in, in raising so, it as pastured chicken? Like a conventional, what you'd get in the grocery store. And actually a lot of people run on pasture. It's called a Cornish cross and it's like a designed meat chicken. Um, they are ready to go at about six weeks to eight weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're zero. Wow, and that's I didn't even crazy. know it was that yeah. fast. It's a, crazy. It's a, mm-hmm. You'd kind of expect like a three and a half to four and a half pound carcass around six weeks. Uh, maybe a little smaller than that, but right around eight to, t- if you, eight to nine weeks, uh, it's about a 10 pound bird. Right. Um, what we do, they take about 12 weeks and they get to a similar size. Um, but they're, they're definitely different. Like a traditional chicken, you'll see like, you know, if you go to Publix and you order, you know, skinless breast meat um, or buy skinless breast meat, it's, you know, this massive thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the breasts on our birds, even though they weigh you know, very similar to the conventional chicken are about a third of the size. Yes. Um, but they're much more active and they do really good in heat. So, yeah. 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 What I love about, um, cooking a pastured chicken and I've done the comparison at home. So I've done Mm -hmm. the, you know, Mm The nice the Pepsi fat, challenge. The fat chicken, as I like to call it, because you yeah. can see the difference in the skin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So a pastured sure. chicken, the skin is very transparent. There's no fat underneath that right. layer of skin and meat. Yeah. And then a conventional chicken is a blob of fat. I mean, it's just, it's yellow. Yeah. And if you... And I cook mine in the pressure cooker. I'll cook the whole thing. And then I'll use the carcass as well to, to make a, um, a broth. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you do that with... A conventional chicken, there's a layer of fat on, on the top, top of yeah. your um, chicken broth. That's yeah. just fat. It's, this right. is not healthy for you, that part of it. You know, it has some benefits, but it's um, night and day. And, yeah. night and, and day. the taste is very different, I, I was going to so say, different. I'm not, she's a cook, but as a professional eater. I, <laughs> professional. I, 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 to me, sometimes chicken, even chicken breasts are tough. They're strangely tough for random reasons. And every yeah. pasture chicken we've done, the meat just falls apart. Um, and, you know, we watched some specials going back to sort of the the size of the breast. Mm-hmm. Some of those more conventionally raised chickens, the 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 hormones or whatever it is they're giving them that make the, their breasts so big, they have trouble walking. Even. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and a lot of them just stay seated because they can't carry their weight. Right. And their their joints can't take it. And yep. then, like, yeah. you know, their respiratory system is suffering because everything's, you know, it's like a beached Weighing whale. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of that is water weight too. The way that the processing works with the conventional right. birds, they're they're soaked in a lot of times, kind of these chemical baths mm-hmm. that like you know, water, because yeah. when they do the evisceration, there's feces going everywhere, and it's a dirty process. Oh yes, and it's not done by hand like ours are. So they have to bathe them, and then so those those birds in the grocery store too. There's it's a lot of water weight. Yeah. You get that as well when you're cooking it, and there's just you can no see taste. that when you cook it. Yeah. It actually, if you just put a breast in the pan and yep. just let it cook, and if you had oil in the pan. It'll mm-hmm. start splattering yes. all over the place, and you get to pay it, for that water weight. You do. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that costs the same as the chicken meat. Yeah, yeah. The water's not free. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so we learned about you guys from our friends at Fox Valley Farm and Hop Yard. How do you mm-hmm. guys generally market? Pretty much everything online. You know, we've had a lot of success with social media. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's great uh, to hear. We try to you know, the transparency is our number one thing. So yep. social media gives us that opportunity every day yeah. to yeah. just post a picture or a video of what we're up to. I love that about it. And, and mm-hmm. it's hard to be nefarious when you're posting on, people like to kind of dig into a business and find out what's really going on. Right. Yeah. But, like, it's fun. You know, yeah. and, and that's been kind of the, one of the funny things with social media because we're, we're very active on there. And, right. Uh, 
think when people come see stuff like last year, I mean, we had one tra- chicken tractor that we were using. So, you know, people assume it's like, oh, you might have 10,000 birds. It's like, no, we do like 80 at a time. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like 80 over three months. Like yeah. this is, you know, so that was kind of one of the funny yeah. thing with, with visitors. They're like, oh, we just expected something different. To be huge. Yeah. 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 I love that though. And not to do any disparagement because you guys may end up huge, but I think following that same mentality is what's key. Yeah, yeah. Whole, you can you be know. huge in a different way, though. Huge could be not just in one area, right. but you could, you know, be spreading this um, yeah. fervor that you have or passion that you have, and then somebody else is interested and they want to set up a farm somewhere else. That's yeah. a big that part of our vision overall yeah. is right. just education. And yeah. we've gone into schools and we've, you know, mm-hmm. given a presentation about. Uh, you know, creating a better environment with chickens and oh, the kids get yeah. really excited about oh, yeah. it, you know? So there's a lot more than we can, that we can do just aside from farming. We love the farming part of it. And sure. the whole point of going to this new spot is to grow yeah. right. and to turn this into a real productive farm. Yeah. There's and a lot of land out here. How much land is that. this out here? It's, it's about 18 9. acres. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, 18, 19. Yeah. So you could do, yeah, well yeah. over 10,000 chickens, you yeah. know, on, on, this land from a, on a pasture basis. And, and chickens, we learned this from uh, visiting our friends up in North Carolina. They started a brewery up there, but they're oh, also mm-hmm. doing sustainable farming, trying to get their the land that was... Um, Bring it back to life. It yeah, was, was a soybean farm. Soybean farm. Oh, yeah. and so they're really yeah. trying to cultivate the land and, and get it healthy again. It's like it, seven years it's going to yeah. take. So yeah. They've done yeah. the research. Yeah. Know? And... Mm-hmm. Um, they have their chickens that kind of stomp down the different areas, right? Because yeah. you know chickens can do some damage. Yeah, but you like kind of you kind of want them to though. It's it perfect <laughs> for farming. You know, it's perfect. Damage in a good way though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they clear a little area, and then mm-hmm. you know it's time to move on to the next yeah. one. So, are you guys planning on? Is that what you're using some of the farther area of the property for? So, I mean, pretty much anywhere. I mean, we're kind of trying to rotate through areas. Like we're starting over here, but we mm-hmm. may run, you know, till summer or maybe till the end of the year, we might run up in this corner um, and we'll have the chickens basically tiller around for, you know, a couple batches through. And then we might plant some stuff and move the chickens over there. Oh, cool. I love that. You know what cool. I mean? And just keep yeah. rotating. So that way, you know, we get free for, well, not free because it's from our chickens and feed, but um, we get in-house fertilizer, yeah. you know, yes. uh, good, clean stuff. And then maybe we can experiment a little bit this year with growing some vegetables. And oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and totally. can you explain to the audience, because a lot of people think if you say pasture to free range, that the chickens are just running anywhere they want to. Mm-hmm. How are how do you make sure the chickens are in the specific area so that you can fertilize, you know, make the mm-hmm. impact that you need to in that spot and then move them to another one? Yeah. Okay. So for us personally, we use chicken tractors. There's a lot of like, and that's a funny thing about pasture. It, mm-hmm. You know, basically the important thing is that birds are on grass. Um, but there are people that have like a large tractor, which the birds kind of sleep in. And then during the day they range out kind of free and they have like an electric fence around it. Um, mm-hmm. The way we do it is we have like pretty big um, coops, but they're called a track chicken tractor because as you go, they basically mow the grass now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll have about Those 80 cool. birds in like uh, 16 by 16, which gives them plenty of space and they're seven feet plus tall. So there's plenty of vertical space. Yeah. And we're um, looking at one right now and I'm noticing that it's like all chicken wire. It's open. It's, there's no roof on. It's like they're outside. It's just keeping them from taking off basically. Yeah. And it's just, it's actually just mostly cause they're kind of, kind of hanging together, but it's keeping like hawks out. It's keeping raccoons out. Oh, it's more out. saving them. I was going right, to ask right. about the local wildlife. How are you protecting Foxes, your well, we, investment yeah. from that? Get to get to that, yeah, and the challenges yeah. early on. That was 
probably what we could have yeah. talked about. Oh, yeah, well, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. That's about interesting. It. Oh. I'm going to guess coyotes or foxes. So, raccoons. <laughs> raccoons. Oh, raccoons. I've seen too many cartoons. I thought it was foxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we see evidence of all that. So yeah. yeah. There is have, a lot of coyotes in this area. Oh, there's yeah. some that live on this property. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, raccoons, I mean, raccoons are smart. What are they? Are they opening the coops and getting in, or were they? No. So, like, you know, Again, too in, many our, in our ignorance in the beginning, we never really had run... Um, you know, birds and chicken tractors before. And everything was good, you know, until you understand the in- intricacies of, like, how a raccoon works. But uh-huh. Yeah. So, basically, um, you know, we had done two batches. We had done a really good job on both of them, like, awesome mortality rate. We were yeah. super happy. And then one day we come, and literally half of our flock in the tractors, oh. like, just eviscerated. And, and it was actually the day the that we had another, our first right. podcast. Right. Oh, no. and the other, they, she was coming out, uh, Jenny from the Towny Tourist, she was coming oh, nice. out that morning. Yeah. Oh, and so we gosh. get there early. And it's like bird armor. war zone of, <laughs> oh. of birds strewn about everywhere. Did, did you tell oh, her to come gosh. another day? No, she ended up coming. Ended up being a you know a good conversation of yeah. kind of the realities of of this and a we're farming, learning yeah. out here. But it was it was rough. It was a rough morning for us because oh, we hadn't buddy. dealt with that. Well, Evan yeah. took one for the team because I was like, well, I got to get all this cleaned up and figure out you know what I need to do because you know night's gonna come yeah. and it's gonna happen again. So Evan actually did the podcast by himself, and I scrambled to like get some stuff and did some research. So we actually instead of. We, electric fences basically solved our problem, but okay. in a lot of ways, a lot of places, people will run like you know a large area with electric fence and then just run their tractors inside. Mm-hmm. Um, that one over there, it's it's halfway finished. Like I gotta put the rest of the stuff together. But we sure. actually run our we have a solar charger on one side of the tractor, which runs a fence that's insulated from the tractor on the tractor. So that way, every day I can just move the whole thing. That's um, smart. Yeah. You keep saying tractor. I'm envisioning a tractor. Right, the coop. The coop is called <laughs> a tractor. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah. I didn't catch that. You're but not I a got, farmer, baby. It's mm, right. I was so for many years, though. Yeah. Well, so and the and the reason they're called tractors is because the chickens they eat the grass, right? Okay. So, so if you if you move it, like we'll have to have you guys come back when. Uh, oh, we definitely want to. Oh, yeah. or something oh, we definitely that. want to for sure. Um, but you'll see behind it not only is the grass mowed, but it's fertilized and it starts coming back deep and dark green. Yeah. Um, and even like the movement. You used a natural tractor, is what you use. It's a natural tractor. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yep. I right. love that. And that's one of the benefits of the animals too. I mean, yeah. they're they're literally maintaining the property for us. So. And and the way that that land is normally uh, supposed to be, uh, you know, maintained. I guess. Right. Like the real way. Yeah. The real exactly. Way. Let's get yeah. back to the real way, people. We're just trying to imitate nature at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to uh, put as it. As much as we can. I mean, right. we're on a limited scale right now with one species of animal. Sure. Eventually, we get more animals, and it really imitates a real pasture where there's herbivores and then there's birds following them and it all works together in harmony and the soil gets better and better yeah um you know that's just how it works in nature isn't that funny it all just falls into place if you do it the way it's intended to be done yeah isn't that funny it's like like, (laughs) right we try to resist nature so hard sometimes and you know if you just kind of go with it it just works yeah there's no outsmarting nature right Right. that that's uh what we're you know People are learn- realizing now, so it's kind well, of getting back to their back to our roots. I love so that. To speak. I love that there's momentum around this kind of thinking. Yeah. It yeah. seems, you yeah. know. So I, th- I I know you guys. Um, oh, go ahead with what you were going to say, and then well, I was just going <laughs> to just say that you know I think it's something that people like Evan was saying are getting back to, but it's like something people need to get back to because mm-hmm. it's something that's been robbed of people, right? Like you shouldn't not have access to growing your own food. Like that's just something people have done since the beginning of people, yeah. right? And we should know how you know? to. 
we should know how to, and it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be something that's like a labor, you know. It's, yeah. it's enjoyable. It's just being part of the world, yeah. you know. So um, we couldn't agree uh, more. We are in the middle of home construction. I know our listeners are probably like still, God, but hey, we've that done, takes forever. We, well, we've <laughs> done most of it ourselves or with our family. We literally removed most of the walls inside of our house to reconfigure it, and I'm I ended up doing a. 3D model where she could put the goggles on and then she was like sold. (laughs) So we, you know, cut to us, you know, a year later with our bedroom furniture in the living room and two teenagers in the house still and just being like, what do we do? (laughs) But we are very close to done now. And one of the things we are most excited about, believe it or not, we got this brand new kitchen. It's really, but we're more excited about the backyard because we're going to do at least mm-hmm. four raised bed gardens. Oh, yes. I'm talking my language now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Vegetable garden, flower garden. I'm going to do a food jungle or a, for, what is it? Food forest. Food, food forest. Yeah, food yeah, forest. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, butterfly garden and all that stuff. So we're yeah. with you totally. You know, we've got horses right behind us. I we love that. We hope to that. make our little impact oh, yeah. in our little urban area. Yes. You should know? get some land in. Yeah. Some what? Get some laying hands. I would. If I, I, I don't if know we if we have, have enough them, space, though. We, we've it, got about a half, a quarter acre, yeah. maybe three quarters of an acre. We possibly could, fun. but I have to check and see if we can have them where we're at, which I think we could because yeah. they have horses behind I think we us, could, too. So. I, you know, I believe it's you're allowed five where you guys are at. Are we? Look yeah. at you. Don't even have to check. See, and when you just said <laughs> if you're doing it right, you really shouldn't have, a, <laughs> you shouldn't have a smell. That made me more interested when you said if you're doing it right, it really shouldn't have a smell. Yeah, but, totally. but not to sound um, like we're not also wanting to contribute to the planet, but even from sort of a selfish perspective, I just want to eat it Literally. knowing that it was grown naturally yep. and not in chemicals. And, you know, um, yeah, I've had some health problems over the past 18 months and I, you know, I'm, I'm fine, but it really opened my eyes to the way that I've ate my whole life and that's just not paying attention. And the changes that uh, Angie has helped me make to my diet have impacted my health in a positive way. So you don't realize, you know, inflammation is the, is the root of all evil with your body and all that mass produced chicken and vegetables and fruit and all they're contributing to that sure. problem. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I jumped off track a little bit, but I, when you said, you know, about growing your own it just, and you, you're a farmer, you know, vegetable farmer at your house and stuff. It just made me think that's the mentality, isn't that? Yeah, and I need more you... education around that as far as in the school system. I totally agree. Just, um, you know, some yeah. free seminars. And there's a lot of people that do stuff, but it's just not. It should be part of the regular yeah, curriculum. It really uh, should. Required oh, yeah. education, no matter what. How yeah. to take not, care of yourself, Because it's so really. funny that people right. consider it this incredible skill when yeah. they see that you're growing food in your backyard. It's really not. <laughs> it really, really grows not. pretty Pay easy. Pay attention to it. You know? <laughs> I've done it, and it's like... Soil, a, water, and seeds, yeah. or not I, even seeds. You can do seedlings. I mean, oh, yeah. so... And you have to, you know, and that's the thing. We talk about challenges, right? You have to know that there are, there is going to be some challenges and then you're going to learn sure. from it. And the next one that you grow is going to be better, yeah. you know, and yeah, totally. that, but you have to be willing that's the to part of it. learn that. And it's a sense of accomplishment, right? Whenever yeah. you grow your tiny little pepper in the yard, a yeah. little bell pepper, right. yeah. and it's this right. big. It's yeah. better than it's any like pepper you've so ever had. Oh, it good. does, though. And I'm a tomato guy, but if you ever grow your own tomatoes, it's not even oh. the same food as what you're getting no. in the grow. Oh, yeah. You're like, what is this? It doesn't right. yeah. anything like. But what I love is that you guys, you're going through your trials and tribulations. You know, the second year is better than the first from the kind of things that you've learned. And I love that you guys are educating the, uh, you know, the public about this stuff, yes. too. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. I mean, when you talk about the word sustainability, it's not just what we do. It's also, you know, what we can hopefully teach others because they can carry it on a lot longer than than we can. So that's when, you you know, that's sustainability. Then today, it's much bigger than 
us. So, right, I mean, yeah, right. we try to do as much as we can. And, you know, what what we like to do, the social media stuff helps. We try to write a lot on the uh, the website, different uh, different blog posts about whether it's like the labeling and the truth behind that or whether it's the true cost of food and mm-hmm. thinking about it from an environmental, from a human health perspective, sure. from an animal welfare perspective. There's just so much more education that could be done. And uh, I don't know, we're just kind of trying to do the things, put the things out there that we wish were out there before yeah. we started. Because at oh, the end yeah. of the day, that's yeah. why we started this in the first place. It's yeah. like, well, does this even exist already? Because we don't need to, you know, reinvent. really reinvent the wheel. Yeah, and right. what we found was that in Orlando, not really. There's not, not really, really anyone right. doing this. And so you guys are pro- providing information that would be invaluable to people who that wanted will. to go in this direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. You get into like, you know, we were talking about price difference a little bit. Um, and I mean, that's a lot of it, like, especially like poultry, right? Like pastured poultry, a lot of it being more expensive is just because of the vertical integration of like the chicken industry, poultry industry, like everything for poultry is within Tyson, uh, Purdue and was it, uh, Pilgrim's pride, Pilgrim's mm-hmm. pride. Yep. Right. And, and that's cool cause they do everything inside so they can control it all. But mm-hmm. that means that all the independent poultry slaughter places are gone. So yes. for us, like that's a huge, you know, obstacle and something we're constantly working on is like, where are we going to get our birds processed? How's that going to work? Oh, I was going to ask, do you guys, you guys don't process the birds? Not yet. We don't do it ourselves. Um, we leave it to some people that really know what they're doing. Um, okay. And you know, not that we don't know what we're doing, but it's you know that's a big part of our presentation and our package is like we want the same thing going to people every every time, and we want them yeah. to be impressed. Is that something you guys intend to do in the long run? Yeah. Um. That's something we definitely want to do. Right. Um, just to because you know vertical integration has it you know tons of problems, but like something we'd like to do is have more things in our control. Yes, you know? I get that. Um, so that's something we want to do, but that that's a lot of like why the price difference. I mean, like if you get into it specifically like feed, right? Um, we chose to go to a um, a local feed mill, local not hyper local, but uh, New Smyrna Beach. Yeah, Hickling's Feed. They're great, awesome people. They they've been in business for quite a long time. There used to be a I think they were thirty five thousand. Uh, laying hens there. It was a chicken farm for a while. But they do our feed. They know everything about it. They give us exactly what we need, you know. Um, but, you know, the price reflects, like, all of the chicken feed places and chicken farms moved to Georgia as, you know, the big three kind of, like, consolidated all the small industries. Mm. So, like, the price of everything is more just because, you know, they have to get feed shipped down and then it's yeah. processed. Sure. Yeah, that you know, so. cost reflects in all... Right. And I think the more, I guess what I was trying to get at that was the more people that are doing it, right? Like if we can educate other people to get into doing their own poultry, right? Maybe that opens up industries that, you know, maybe somebody wants to focus on slaughtering or processing, you know, maybe somebody wants to focus on growing feed. And then that, that's the only way that we can really get the price, you know, yeah, yeah, to where, because it needs to be lower. I think more like a price shouldn't be a barrier to eating something good. Right. I love that. Like, uh, you know, unfortunately for us, we have... We're trying to work on that, but it, I don't like that. You know, I think a premium is fine if it's something that's quality, but mm-hmm. you know, for I just feel bad for you know people that really can't afford. Yeah, good when they look meat. at it and go, I could go get this for 
six dollars or this yeah. for thirty dollars yeah and but I, they don't know the uh, difference really i don't yeah. disagree mm-hmm. with either of you but i guess the pushback to that is then what are you going to do with your health problems because you're going to have somebody's got to pay for that too so it's yeah. uh well you have to think about yeah the priorities overall yeah. and yeah. if you really get down to it and you look at where you're spending your money you know mm-hmm. it, yes maybe your food isn't like your top priority when it should right. be and you're spending a lot of money on entertainment or whatever it other might things be. yeah right. so Right. People don't really think of their finances probably that whole like holistic kind of way yeah. and prioritize their health and really realize it. It's more about convenience today because things can be so convenient. Yes. I think an, another part of our vision is to try to make this kind of food more convenient as well. Yes. Sure. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. you know, we try to make it easy for folks to pick up from us today or deliver to them um, and figuring out a model that makes more sense. Because, you know, Amazon Prime is like the way to go. Everyone just has everything shipped to their doorstep. doorstep. I just got notified. It's on the front step. (laughs) I know. I swear. (laughs) So that's a, that's a big, that's a big thing. We'll we'll get to the place where it, it is hopefully as convenient or if it's, if it's not as convenient as that, then we're at least providing value for people um, to make a little bit more of a trip or spend a little bit more time. Um, you know, and that's something that's kind of, we're still figuring out, but Mm -hmm. we understand Mm -hmm. that's the way things are going. Yeah. I feel like with enough, enough people like yourselves and, you know, enough momentum for this type of movement eventually will become more affordable. Oh yeah. I think so. Mm -hmm. Not to sound corny, but you could also argue that if you are coming out to the farm to get your stuff, there's your entertainment. You could totally make that into your entertainment. Well, that's what I was talking about. People like to be a part of things like this where, you know, Picking your own strawberries, picking your own blueberries. I mean, if you're looking for something to do with your kids, these kinds of things are perfect. And I could see this Mm -hmm. being a place of education like that eventually, where the kid you get to bring your kids out. See, kids love seeing animals. You know, you've seen them interact with. You know, getting so excited about it. But imagine having all this filled with you know wildflowers or gardens, and they get to come and touch and interact and see the chickens running around. Sure, I could definitely see that being. A huge hit around here. And the adults. Yes, that's I'm, where I'm sitting here yeah. excited to come back and see the chickens, <laughs> honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, it's and great. That's, that's something, you know, it's huge. Like when we were talking about, you know, kind of explaining regenerative agriculture, and it's like, I'm stumbling a little bit because it's hard to explain something without showing someone. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be cool, you know, maybe six months from now, we have a little bit of our working model. Yeah. Of showing people, like, hey, look at the grass over here. It's because these coops were over here three months ago. Or yeah, and hey, you can you explain know. what happened to the soil in that area, right. and they can learn about microbes and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. soil health and now things that talking. we have learned about. They were yeah. like billions. What are you talking about? There's billions of microbes yeah. in one teaspoon, and yeah. It's crazy. Right. And I I don't want to go off the deep end because we'll talk to you for two hours. But (laughs) one of the things that we've learned is that science doesn't even necessarily understand the relationship between all of these microbes and organisms and food. We understand some of it, but plants will call for an organism they need and it will come. And they don't even know how far away it'll come from. But it's like there is an intelligence to this planet that, you know, when you talk about doing pastured animals and then using the land for, and you're talking about this whole ecosystem, Evan was saying earlier, that's the that's intelligence we don't, we, don't, <laughs> we don't understand, but if you yeah. just go with it, it works. And right. imagine that, you know? Right. Yeah. Enough people yeah. have done it and shown that it works okay. that it's beyond dispute. And sure. we'll never be able to fully understand the full range of intelligence that's going on underneath our feet in the sure. soil. Yeah. Because literally, I mean, I've been reading a lot of stuff lately and it's, it's, it's beyond comprehensible of like 95% of life on land lives in the soil. 
there's yeah. more yes. species. There's like 99%, you know, don't quote me on that, but of species of bacteria and microbes haven't even been discovered yet. Right. There's like it. infinitely more species of them than insects on the planet. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's almost uh, like the, they all work together in a way that we don't yeah. really know, but we know that there are ways to like it's getting back to if we just mimic nature right and we, we can yeah. do that pretty well then it'll we'll leave them to do the rest and we don't necessarily need to understand it you really I don't like and that's that. i was gonna yeah. say that too it, why do we even need to understand it if it's working right just right. follow right. its uh right. Right. you know its example yeah. that's really all we need when you to talk do. about the proof of it too i mean really think about it. if you could go back in time before we you know sort of uh uh, in- industry came along and kind of uh, processed everything, processed the actual process. Yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> but, sure, sure. But, um, you know, th- that's that's the proof there is that the planet didn't need us for all this stuff to work. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's a huge thing is like we need to realize that we, we need to live with the planet, not in spite of it. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like we live in our little boxes and we got our convenient lives, which is all cool, right? Like yeah. everybody's living longer and sure. these are all great things, but don't like live in spite of like yeah. your earth right it's yeah. yours like, and you don't have to control it, it neither it, right, right? Yeah. we don't have right. to control it right we need to right. live in that harmony with it which i think is important absolutely right. Yeah. Right. we're all connected so yeah. yeah it's not about taking advantage of it or controlling it or yeah making it work the way we want it to really it's, learn from it is what we need to yeah. do yeah gotta get back to that right. point sure. exactly yeah be humble so, guys, we started um, It's All Fine and Dangy because we wanted to get more involved in the community mm-hmm. and find out what's right in our backyard, support those who are doing things like you guys are doing. Are there any organizations that you give of your time, resources to that maybe you'd like to mention? Um, yeah, I guess we'd like to I mean, shout out to APA, which is the uh, American Pastured Poultry Producers Association. It's been a mouthful. Yeah. Um, we went to, the shorter name is easier, right? Right, abbreviated. But yeah, if. Uh, what does if that you, stand for again? American uh, Pastured Poultry Producers Association. It's wow. A-P-P-P-A. It reminds me of that SNL skit. Pastured pickled porcupine yeah. where he's <laughs> spitting all over. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Pete's, Pete's patrol, pet patrol thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's yeah. a super awesome organization. We actually went to a convention in January uh, in Jacksonville and there was farmers from Haiti to uh, Canada. Wow. Um, just, you know, learning from everybody's experiences, how yeah. people do wow. Everybody just sharing too. Yeah. It's, it's probably, a, what I have found is that your community really comes together because you all have the same focus sure mm-hmm. sure, sure. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah and then if, if you go on our website and you, you see what you like and you're like hey these guys seem cool i want to go come visit like just send us an email and we'll try and work something out oh i love that um well don't say that to us because we'll be back for sure <laughs> hey come come back <laughs> anytime. come on back even yeah. if you're not here Call i'll us, just go over there and like us. you know yeah. clean something up whatever <laughs> oh, oh, put you to work yeah. i also yeah. want to say uh pastured life farm in jacksonville um Dave and Ginger have been like mentors for us this whole last year and just like this awesome, like just the knowledge they can give us and steering us out of like really terrible yeah, ideas they don't, and they don't want you to learn from bad experience, right? right They're trying right. to tell you, okay, don't do this, do right. this, right? Mm-hmm. But they have been, yes. I mean, if there's anybody that's helped us like the most, it's them. 
Awesome. They're great people. And they obviously have a pastured chicken farm up there. Yeah, yep. and they're super way far, way farther along with everything. They do um, cows and pigs and they got eggs and meat birds. Um, but if you were in, you know, the Jacksonville area, they deliver in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have drop-off points in Tampa. I think they come down to Orlando every once in a while. Oh, but, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, if people, if you, if you want the good stuff, there there there's some people I know that have a lot of it. And, yeah. yeah. And they're just great people. So. I love how the, the you guys sort of network with other farms that way to help each other. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's not really any competition. Like, you know, if we were to do even 50,000 birds a year, I mean, it wouldn't be enough for even Orlando. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't think people really understand the amount of chickens that are eaten. Like, Oh, right. Oh, gosh. With this kind of, you know, the pastured thing, I think everybody can coexist and uh, we should all just be trying to help each other because we're all trying to do the same thing. We're the same yeah. people. Angie and I also go by, not to sound too hippy-dippy here, but we have this philosophy that I believe is so true, and that is there's not a limited amount of success in the world. So, you know, I, I, I write books, and if I have another author, even in the same genre, I'm not like, oh, well, I don't want them to know about... You know, it's like they're, you, you just help each other. There's right. there's an unlimited amount of success in the world. So I love that you guys follow that philosophy with your farming. Yeah, it's the only way to go. I mean, I think people that you know, just want to safeguard and, like, you know, close information off. It's like, eh, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. With yeah, you. I don't either. Yeah. The, the, the whole this is all intellectual property. I can't tell you how to. I can't yeah. tell you how to raise chickens. Sorry, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. right, keeping all the chickens to myself. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you guys so much for having us out today. This was really cool sitting outside. It really yeah. was. Definitely. Yeah. Thank we're you for excited. coming out, guys. We're excited to come out and check the chickens out when they're check the chickens out. Definitely. Yeah. Out. Yeah. That's going to be the title of this episode, by the check way. The check out. the chickens out. Check the Hopefully next time, you know, have the birds out, obviously, but I'm just trying to get the brooder over here, so we'll have some baby chicks, and we'll be able to, you know, walk around. Cool. Oh, we will definitely come. I'm not just saying that, but I, I would love to come back and yeah. see yeah. that. And Well, my check mom lives out. right down the road, so it's you guys don't stop. mind if I'm just on the way. I'll just stop in and see what you're doing. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, stop on Absolutely. by. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and everybody stay tuned. We will be right back with the information station. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Bill Files, the upcoming audiobook narrator of Daniel Fox's awesome thriller, In the Dark. And you're listening to It's All Fine and Dangy. Hey guys, welcome back. And we hope you enjoyed that interview with Norm and Evan. That's the Pasture Brothers. We had a really good time meeting with them, sitting out in the sun. It was great. Sitting at their new location. Yeah, it was really great. So yeah. uh, we, want to, uh, we want to encourage you to go to our website, go to the guest page, because it used to be the information station, but that's where you can get a quick link to listen to any of the episodes. And you can also get a picture of us with all of our guests. So if you're listening and you're like, I think I know that person. Yeah, that's or, a great thing. Though. I want to see what they look like. You can put a face to a name yeah. on our website there. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great reason to check it out. And because you spend so much time on it. I spend time on it too, people. But you spend a lot of time on the website making it look great, so... Well, thank you. I want people to go check it out. It took me like five minutes. Please, whatever. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the information station. We did. We learned so much while we were sitting with Norman Evan. And I, I just love adding that type of education to my brain about, you know, how can I take some of what they're doing and on a smaller scale, apply it to my own life or to our lives. Yeah, me and too. So the thing that I took away from what we talked about with Norm and Evan was how they're farming. They're being 
sustainable. Yes. And they're being responsible. I know. Really, I love with, that. With how they are raising the chickens, yeah. right? It's not like these mass chicken coops. Yeah. They're not trying to make a million dollars. You know, they're just trying to do things responsibly and they're doing what they love doing. It reminded me a little bit of Hugh and Lisa at King Grove Blueberry oh, yeah, Farm. 100%. Because one of the things Hugh said is that he and Lisa think that food is too cheap in this country and at first that you're taken back by that like what do you mean people can barely eat now right Right. but what he means is in order to make food as inexpensive as some of this food is $1.99 value meal it is full of poison basically Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so cheap because Mm it it costs them you know 15 cents or 50 cents to make it's three quarters chemicals if you're going to eat the food that your body's meant to eat it costs more to make it it's going to cost more to buy it and you're going to pay for it now, or you can pay for it later when you're in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. and later when your immune system starts weakening as, weakening as you get older. Right. But I'm going to have Dan say the word that I really, really what they're doing with the land is called what? Regenerative agriculture. Yeah, that's a system of farming where they're trying to increase the biodiversity of the land, right. enriching the soil, improving the watersheds, and enhancing just... The ecosystem overall. Right. And how they're doing it on the farm is how they explained it, moving the chickens from area to area so that they can fertilize the land, give the land that good compost, that chicken poop. Right. More healthy microbes are building up in that area. They're being fed by the chicken poop, and you're having an, uh, a piece of land that's thriving. So that's right. I just thought that was great. And, and along with what Hugh said again over at King Grove, and the same thing that Evan and Norm were saying is that that ecosystem... It, you know, again, it sounds like something you would just go, duh, but it just works. You don't have yeah. to know how it works. If you just let nature take over, it just works. And it works better than any system that we could come up I with. I know. It's so cool. It's really cool. Yeah. But I really wanted to see, okay, I, I know I, I can't do much now because I'm my movement's not there, but you know I've been having a... I have this desire to get out in the yard and yes. get a garden going. I know. And so I said, okay, well, how can I kind of bring this type of agriculture into in a smaller scale into our backyard. Right. What's the name of the agriculture again? Regenerative agriculture. Yeah. How can we do that to our own backyard? Yeah. We have a tiny little piece of property here. I mean, it's I think it's decent size, but what can I do or what can we do to actually do what they're doing at the farm? We can. We can. And so I um, found a really cool website that just gave... Um, some little tidbits of information about what you could do in your backyard. Yeah. The first thing it said was to test your soil. So we've talked about that before. Right. Find out is your soil healthy? Is it unhealthy? What's the um, check the nutrients and the acidity of it? And a lot of times you can have that done. You know, there's local places that will well, do that. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I think UCF does something with the soil. Do you ship it off to them? Yeah. Or Okay. Mm-hmm. Very and, cool. And get it tested and see. They'll, I think they'll even send you something. Some places will send you information about what kind of plants you could add to your yard that will help to um, build more nutrients in it or level the acidity out, make it more pH balanced or more um, or increase the acid if it needs to be, you know, right. get it where it needs to be as far as your location. Because, you know, 
everybody's soil has different Level, levels right. as far I wonder, as where you're at. I would start to say, I wonder, because we're so close to the lake, if we've if we're doing pretty well in the microbes, but our yard is very sandy. It's very sandy. So I think deeper down, we're close to water. So I think if we got a little deeper, we'd probably get that soil that's a little more rich. Yep. Um, but, you know, just we can just take a sample and find and go out. from there. Or yeah. we can do that um, underwear test that we, that we talked about in the last one. Oh, you bury your underwear? You bury your underwear and see if the microbes are eating up the cotton. Because cotton is cellulose, which yeah. is when plant matter falls. Yep. They eat the, break it down, decompose it. So we should actually do that. Yeah, we should. That'd <laughs> be cool. That'll be our first test. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun too. Yeah. Um, and just so you know, the link to that actual test is in the show notes from our last episode, which was That's episode right. number 52. Yes, that is right. And actually, I think episode 52 had a link to UCF where you can send your soil off to be sampled um, as well. Yeah, maybe or so. tested. Um, the second thing it brought out is to build raised permanent beds. And we've already talked about this, putting yeah. raised beds in. It's easier to weed, right? Sure. Um, but what it brought out was to avoid tilling the soil. So you know a lot of times when you think of farming, you think I got to till up and get all the weeds out. Sure. And yeah, that gets all the weeds out. But remember some of those weeds bring healthy um, bacteria or microbes into the soil. Right. So you don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> you want to, yeah, I think the, the, it's a balance of not being overrun with weeds and yeah. getting the nutrients from yeah. them. Yeah. So the idea of building these raised permanent beds is so that you can let the soil kind of do its thing. Just like how you said, if you just leave it alone, it's going to do its job. Right? So. Well, you're going to be behind all the science mm. of the garden, and I'm just going to go out there and do what you tell me to. I've been reading that book that I got you too, and it's really good. It kind of walks you through. Baby stuff's how to do it, how to have a green thumb. I think we can all have a green thumb if we really try. Yeah, believe it or not, I've had some really good gardens, but I was using like miracle Grow and stuff. I don't want to do it this time. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, And you know what I really want to start that my mom started? What's that? A worm garden. She has like this thing. It's it's a, a little tower looking thing with a bunch of trays in it's it. it's got the yeah. bunch of trays and she gets her worm juice out of there and puts it on her plants and she said it's amazing it's wow. like it's a natural fertilizer sure so i'm excited to utilize stuff like that and 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 plant some native plants so that it helps just with that um enriching the the soil and adding nutrients to the the land we live on here very nice well i'm sure are you it's excited gonna... for it i am i am okay. excited for it I'm excited to get the house painted, to get the yard started, to get the gardens going. And uh, one, you know how I am. Once once we're ready and it's like, okay, yard's done, let's start designing and getting ready to implement the gardens, then I'll be yeah. getting nuts all about the research. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting though. It'll be fun. I'm excited to try to make my property a regenerative. Yes. Property. Anyway, guys, we hope that you enjoyed this episode, number 53 of It's All Fine and Dangy. We would love to hear from you. If you get a chance, shoot us an email at feedback at fineanddangy.com or give us a call at, Dan's going to say it. 407-490-3899. You can also go to our website at fineanddangy.com. And remember, that's spelled D-A-N-J-E-E.com. We have website merchandise coming, or merch, as the kids say. Oh, merch. And we will keep the prices very low on there, yes. as low as we can possibly uh, bring them without having to actually pay extra for How you guys to be able to buy Right. How low can you go? We're not trying to make a profit off of these as much as 
you know, we appreciate your support and wear a fine and danger t shirt and yeah, hat somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> we love the support. And guys, if you like listening to us, if you enjoy the show, please make sure to stop on in and give us a rating. And a review if you would like. And we'd love if you would like our Facebook page. Oh, it would help us. Make a comment. Just say hi. Yeah. Yeah, It would help us a lot if you would do the reviews or the ratings. The more we get, the more we get sort of pushed up in the visibility there. And the likes are just for our own personal thing. Because, you know, we have a little race against ourselves. Oh, I want another like. I want another like. Oh, you want to see how many likes. I want to see how many likes. You want to see the podcast like stay above my book likes. I do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in a race with Dan's likes on his uh, Daniel Fox books page. (laughs) Hey, when we get the merchandise page up and rolling this week, you need to order a hat. You know why? Because mine got lost. That's one way to put it. (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us once again. And until next week, remember at the end of the day, It's It's all all fine and dandy. Regenerator. 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 Regenerative. I only know this one because it's used a lot in my industry when we talk about regenerative design. Regenerative. (laughs) No. Regenerative. That's like when you say Monterey Jack Cheese. Regenerated. Regenerative. Say the word, so you say the word for me. Regenerative, re- regenerative, regenerative, re- regenerative, whatever.
it went in my throat. What did? That f- fly. Oh my god. <laughs>